And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gibbs Hello and welcome to another edition of the Red Side of the Trend. I'm your host, Adam Wicklow. I'm joined by Reese Lane from the usual team. How are you, Reese? You all right? I'm not bad, mate. Are you? Yeah, we're all good. Thank you. It's a hot Tuesday and uh, Premier League is awaiting at the weekend as we host West Ham on Super Sunday. First game back at the uh, City Ground in the Premier League after 23 years. Uh, and we are welcoming uh, West Ham podcaster, James Jones. How are you, James? Oh, good. Thanks, chaps. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Obviously, we're both recovering from 2-0 defeats at the weekend. I think yours is a bit more justifiable being beaten by the defending champs and uh, a team that are stacked, really, uh, James. I just want to talk to you about about that game against uh, Man City, but was there anything you could actually really do against them? Um, In short, no. Uh, And and I'm pretty... Having watched it, I, I couldn't get over there in time, so I only watched it on TV. But City didn't even really get out of third gear, and they were they were still very good. I mean, we were hindered by the fact we only had one fit centre back in our defence. Ben Johnson played alongside uh, Kurt Zuma, which terrified me when I saw the lineup. Obviously, reverting Harland up, up there, I was just thought, oh god, this could be this could be terrible. So the fact it was only two nil um, was actually quite comforting because it could have been a hell of a lot worse, but. Yeah, I mean, we struggled uh, for large parts of the game. We had a few moments, a few spells, but you know, they barely got out of third gear and and could have could have probably scored about four, five, or six. But it did feel like they were just chilling out a little bit and kind of just t- taking it easy on us. That's the thing into the Man City; they are absolutely relentless. I mean, I watched the game and actually thought you started pretty well. Um, was it Antonio yeah. had a header just over, and I thought, oh, we might have a game on his hand here because City. I think if we go back to last season, I think they lost an opening day to Tottenham. Um, so they usually don't start amazingly and then they get into the stride. Plus, they've not had many pre-season games, but like mm. you said, they got quickly in the stride, didn't they? Which is um, just yeah. typical of them, really. I, I think also we 
our starting eleven was okay. Our defense was was makeshift given the injuries we got at the back, but you know, our starting eleven was the same, pretty much the same as what we saw last season. None of our new signings started, um, so there is an element of the squad being a little bit stale as well. West Ham, which didn't really work in our favour. I think there was a lot of West Ham fans that were a little bit a little bit annoyed that. Um, you know, Moyes didn't decide to at least start with one new signing, just freshen it up a little bit, give the opposition something a little bit different to think about. Because we gave City a really good game back in May too, and we almost ruined the title race. You know, we almost gave Liverpool the title, but two and a half against City before they came back and drew 2-2 in May. So th- there was that, but yeah, you know, I think City are going to be hard to beat this year in terms of title race. I think they, they'll go all the way. I mean, I know you like kept them to 2-0. I'm absolutely dreading when we play them in a couple of weeks. I mean, if Ireland don't walk off of about five, I'll be quite shocked after watching us at the weekend because <laughs> Newcastle bombarded us. Was it... Would I'd, We call him Diver and Dave on our podcast because obviously he messed about with Lingard so much and then we kind of swooped in. We'll, we'll obviously touch on, on Lingard a bit later, I think, because it's it's a good debate. But are you... Are you are you a bit disappointed how slow you've been in the transfer market? Obviously, Anand has been pipped uh, by Everton recently. We was in the mix for him, but I don't think it was really serious. I mean, thirty million is a bit of a crazy one for someone yeah. from the French league. Yeah, I think no. I mean, we we know him as Didier Dave as well. Some corners of the fan base <laughs> call him exact same thing. So, um, there has been an element of frustration this summer that we've not done. Um, I mean, we've got five new players in, but. We had one game in the season and we still need three or four new faces. You know, last season, um, it, it's generally you know, felt amongst the fan base that we missed out on top six and probably the Europa League because we didn't invest in January. We needed to add depth to that squad. The players were knackered. Um, I think five, five different players ended up playing over 50 games last season in the squad. So there's no real surprise that we, we ran out of steam towards the end. So the, the feeling this summer was, right, get the business done early. We brought in a, a head of recruitment in Rob Newman. We nabbed him from City um, just before January last year. Perfect. He's got to be busy for six months, straight into the summer. Let's get the players in. And it started relatively well with um, Aguered at the back. And we all felt that Lingard was going to cu- come back at some point. But the players we have signed, have been, we've been encouraged by. But there's still so much more business to be done between now and September 1st. Um, and there has been an element of frustration that we're missing out on players like Onana that you said he, he decided to go to Everton bizarrely said today that it was because of Lampard but it's probably because of the extra few quid he's getting each, each week um, and you know we missed out on Lingard as you guys already know uh, and we missed out on Philip Kostic at Frankfurt because he wanted Champions League football and we couldn't convince him quite you know I completely understand where he's coming from he's 29 going to last year's con- contract at Frankfurt, never played in the Champions League, and he's going to be playing the Champions League with Frankfurt next season. If he if he leaves to come to West Ham, he's probably never going to play Champions League in his career. But now it looks like Juventus are going to sign him. So that's another frustration for us that you know we're not going to be able to sign him as a left-back. So there's been a lot of frustrations, but I'm still convinced we will get the players done, but it's later than we, we would have hoped. I've got to ask you because you know this is going out mostly to a Nottingham Forest audience. But what is your like whole take on the Lingard situation with what happened from like a West Ham perspective? I know I'm sure you know as well. There's a lot of you know give and take on Twitter between the fan bases. I mean, every fan base seems to want to argue with Forest at the minute. So what's what's your take on it from a West Ham perspective? 
Well, I was quite vocal about this at the time when it, when it first broke, uh, the day before it all went through, because at the time it was being announced that you know it was a three-year deal and he was he was getting an extra fifty grand a week, and I'm, I, I was like, we all know that he he's going to go where the money is. You know, Jesse Lingard's that type of player. Um, but I was more concerned about you guys as a club. I was like, that's a massive gamble. I mean, I was in a position that from from a Lingard point of view, if we get him in, great, because we need the depth, particularly in attack. But if we don't get him, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. We've got other targets to go for. He would have been a very expensive free transfer um, when you take into account wages, signing on Finn, all the rest of it. And, you know, we wanted to give him a three-year deal. Uh, so I was very vocal. I was like, that, if, you, if Forrest go down, with a player with big wages on a three-year deal, that's a very expensive problem to have when you get relegated. Then it was a one-year deal and it was like, okay, well, the risk's kind of a lot less now. Mm. Um, but it was still frustrating. You know? The fact that we missed out to him right at the death when we... I mean, I was convinced he was, you know, the club were going to announce him within 12 hours and it was all going to be done. Um, so then to wake up in the morning and see that, he was going to go to Forest, and it was like, hang on, what's happened there? Of, of all the clubs as well, and that's no disrespect. No, no. He, he, he's a very good player. He is a very good player. You saw what he did when he was on loan with us a couple of years ago. Mm. He's such a good player. Um, so we felt that, okay, if we don't go, we don't sign him, he's going to go to a club playing in Europe or a club, you know, in the top six or whatever. Um, so to, amongst the fan base, it was like, how the hell have we lost, lost him to Forest? Um, and it was... It's because of the money. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you guys understand that as well. But you've got a player in your hands. He's a superb player. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the way I saw it. Um, I got a little bit of stick from one or two Forest fans on Twitter for, for airing my views. Um, but that was purely because I was like, are Forest really sure about what they're doing here? Because this could go really, really badly from a financial point of view. Now it's a one-year deal. I can see why why it's working for both parties. I mean, even we were surprised when he, and Adam will agree with me, when the links come out, we was like, wow, that, that's just paper talk. You know, that'll probably get you guys into gear so it gets over the line. And then kind of the reputable journalist at our end was like, yeah, it's true. And Forrest was pulling out all the stops to sign him. And even when, until he got announced, I was, I still expect him to go West Ham. Because like you said, it's no disrespect to us. We're a newly promoted club. Whatever happens has happened in the past with Forrest. You guys are in Europe, an established Premier League club. You know, you'd be silly not to bet on him going to West Ham. So it was a surprise. Yeah, and just to add to that as well, it, it was there was more frustrating the fact that it's been so obvious that West Ham have wanted to sign him since mm. we had him on loan. Every single transfer window, we've been trying to get him. Um, and United were making him promises that they couldn't keep, which was which he thought, well, you know, I'm going to hang about because Solskjaer's promised me first in football he never got it and then he got into the last year of his old traffic contract and he would have been thinking and exactly what turned out to, what turned out to happen is well actually if I hang about for another six months uh, and go on a free I've got a pick of a number of number of teams and I can you know try and hold out for a little bit more money so he played it well but he kept us he kept us on a you know like he, he had us leading he led us on for what two years essentially and David Moyes, I mean, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when David Moyes found out that he was going to Forest because I reckon he would have been spitting feathers because he's been wanting him ever since he left. 
he's he's either going to be a hero or a villain with Forrest because the story is is if he keeps us up, then we will love him, and obviously if he plays crap and he and he doesn't do anything, then then it's it's one of them, isn't it? I think yeah, Forrest are a very fickle fan base as well. Like if he doesn't start performing against every, anyone really, people will start writing him off, which is. Um, unusual being back in the Premier League for the first time. We've always got something to moan about at, um, at Forest, unfortunately. I just wanted to touch on Declan Rice before I touch on like you guys as uh, going into Europe and, and trying to push for that top six. Do, is this the last season you might see of Declan Rice this season? Because he, he's it, his time has got to be coming to an end, really. Because surely he's going to want to not only go play maybe with his best mate Mason Mount at Chelsea, but play Champions League football himself as well. I know it doesn't really hinder him in his England career, but no. that next yeah. level, I think he, he'll want to win trophies, similar to Harry Kane. Like Harry Kane yeah. should have probably left Spurs, but Conte. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it's generally... Uh, the fan base uh, have, have come to terms with the fact this is probably his last season. The only way we keep him uh, is if we finish in the top four, we win a trophy. And that trophy can't be the League Cup. It has to be a, a major trophy like like the Conference League or the FA Cup. And even then, if it's just that and we finish seventh, then it's still probably be quite difficult to do. Um, so essentially, the trophy has to be a top four finish. Um, and then you can go to him, well, you know, here's your new contract deck. We're playing in the Champions League. Why leave? You know, you're captain of the club now because Noble's retired. But if we can't give him that, then the fans have all accepted that, yeah, you know, we'll... You know, we'll wave him off and we'll thank him for his service. And um, we all know that he fully deserves to be playing for a club in the Champions League, whether that's going to be Chelsea or someone else. Um, and we we know that he deserves to be winning trophies because he's that good. You know, he is one of the best box-to-box midfielders in the world right now. And you know, I know it took a while for a lot of people to really get their head around that and really notice and realise how good he is. I think last season in particular and in the Euros for England um, last summer, really made people like just open their eyes and go, yeah, this this guy's special. He's a very, very good player. And um, yeah, we know that, but we also know that we're he's getting to the point where he's almost becoming bigger than bigger than West Ham in terms of what can be achieved in the time that he's playing football. And, you know, if we can't offer him what you know he wants to achieve, then we've got to let him go. Um, I'm actually surprised he's not gone this summer, if I'm honest. But... I will take it for one more year, 100%. And you've literally just described me then because when he first came onto the scene, I wasn't really a fan, but I am a big England fan as well. So, you know, he's been excellent for England and now he's, you know, he's probably centre midwise, a first name on the team sheet. Um, going on to the last couple of seasons, so last season you finished seventh, the season before sixth. So, obviously, last season, for, as listeners don't know, you got to. Europa League Sam as it was, I believe, lost to Frankfurt. Yeah. Um, how, how do you see what like expectations? Get my words out. Expectations for this season because why I'm asking that as well is we did um, a Premier League twenty the whole table and I had Newcastle seventh. So to take your position, nah, that definitely hasn't changed from what I'm seeing on them on Saturday. So do you think? If you see yourself around that position again, do you see them as a challenge to yourself at all? Um, at the moment, I don't see Newcastle as a challenge. I don't think they've... I mean, I, I felt like, particularly since the takeover and since 
you know, the, the, the miracle was last season. I mean, how they ended up finishing 12th or whatever it was, was yeah. just ridiculous. Um, but I've not seen enough of them this summer to really suggest that, yeah, okay, they've got more money than anyone else in the world right now, but they've not done the business. They've not, they've not gone out and spent, everyone was going, oh, they're going to sign Mbappe. Obviously, that was never going to happen. But they've, I mean, they've got Botman at the back, who's a very good centre-back, and you know, maybe one or two other signings, but nothing that really really told me, yeah, they're, they're a top-six club or they're a top-seven club. Obviously, the same can be said about West Ham over the last two years. Um, so it can be done, but at the moment I don't see Newcastle as a threat to what we want to try and do. And that is, I mean, we'd like to finish in the top seven again. Uh, I think top six, if we can do top six, great. But I think seventh is probably where we should be looking at because, you know, a lot of the top six clubs have have strengthened this summer. Um, everyone bar, bar Man United, I think. <laughs> so um, if anything, they've gone backwards. So yeah, so yeah, so um, yeah, Newcastle I don't see as a threat, but I think our, our expectation, not so much an expectation, I think you know our uh, ambition, I think, is to finish in the top seven again for third season running, and then see what happens. But I think Moyes has now reached a stage at West Ham where he's probably got to deliver a, a trophy. That's kind of the next step, you know. He's, he's taken us to the top six, finished seventh. Um, uh, semi-finals of the Europa League which came completely out of the blue um, never saw that coming particularly going at the Covid as relegation um, favourites and then two years later we were, we were where we were so yeah it should be an exciting season ahead but um, yeah I, I don't see Newcastle as a threat yet I hope that doesn't come out to bite me <laughs> <laughs> I think um, they've, they're in a similar boat to you where you've probably got a real strong yeah. 11, I would say, like starting 11, and they've got the same, but then it's like the depth. That's why you needed yeah. to make signings. That's why you've signed Skamaka for 30 million. I mean, I don't know much about the lad, to be honest. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, time will tell. But going into the game on Sunday, obviously, the last time we met, we beat you 5 0 in the FA Cup, which was a, a, a random one. Um, you, beat our, you beat our kids 5 0. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly, mainly, mainly for other reasons. Like, we had we had a player called Jamal Abdul, and he was celebrating assists against 18 year olds. It was quite fantastic. Um, but uh, last time I was in the Premier League, West Ham beat us 2 1. Uh, and this is the first time we'll see Mikel Antonio, the beast, back at the Premier League, who you saw, you, you bought him off us. For literally all peanuts, I'm I'm still fuming about that. But um, how do you expect uh, to go about the game? Obviously, you're going to look to bounce back from from the defeat against Man City, and we're we're looking obviously to to rectify against Newcastle. So it's two teams with a lot to play for, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's be difficult for West Ham. Um, you mentioned it right at the beginning. As far as first home game back in the Premier League for 23 years, City ground's going to be absolutely buzzing. And I think that's going to make it a very difficult uh, atmosphere for, for West Ham to deal with. Um, I think it's going to be tight. It all depends on the, the 11 that Moyes goes with and the defenders that, that he has fit. Uh, that I think he's trying to get a signing over the line this week just to try and fill the gap. Um, but I think it's going to be tight and it will depend as well on whether he goes with Skamaka or Antonio up front. I would prefer Skamaka. I think I love Antonio at the pieces, but I think his time's coming to an end, Bessin. Um, he he, he's been class. He has been class for us. He's our record goal scorer in the Premier League now. Um, and he's played probably almost in every position. Um, so I, I I just think that he showed it against City. I know he was up against Ruben Diaz, but 
He's not the player he was two or three years ago. I know he had a really good year last year. He does such a good job leading the line on his own. But we've just spent 30 million quid on a, on a six foot four Italian. Um, and again, no disrespect to you guys, but this is the perfect game to throw someone like that in. He's got a lot of promise. He's highly rated in Italy. Um, this is the game where you go, right, you're planning its newly promoted opposition. We've just been 30 million quid in there. Show us what you've got. Um, so that's what I would do if I was David Moyes. But I think it'd be tight. I've, I've already said on our podcast, I think, I think it'd be 2 1 West Ham. Just before Adam asks you a bit more about what you think about Forest, etc., um, I am an avid listener for missions of Talk Sport, and obviously West Ham do get a lot of airtime on there. What's the feeling towards the owners at the minute? Um, because it does flip flap a bit, or am I wrong in that? Or is there still a lot of grievance towards them? Um, the the fans still want them out. Mm. Uh, and I'm glad that that's still the case. I was a bit worried that as soon as we started doing one over the last two years, it'd be all like, oh, actually, now they can hang about a little bit more. Mm. But um, the fans still want them out. It's still, you know, the quicker they go, the better, really. Yeah, we've done well. Um, but the fans will uh, are giving all of that credit to David Moyes and his coaching team and the players on the pitch. None of that credit is going to the board. Um, and, you know, they will defend themselves by going, well, you know, we've delivered a promise to you. We, we said when we move into that stadium, we'll, give, we'll, we'll deliver European football. Well, it came five years after we moved and we had to scrap relegation for three of those years. Um, so, you know, yeah, they finally delivered that promise. But so much has happened um, and it can't just be a case of water under the bridge that's moved forward. The fact is they pulled us away from Upton Park um, against our will, really, and put us in a stadium, which you guys will, will see later on this season, is not fit, is not a football stadium. It's getting better, but it's not a football stadium. And a lot of work needs to be done to it to make it a football stadium. And that's that's the problem. Um but that's not the only thing, you know, poor, poor investment. I know I've spent a bit of money, quite a lot of money this summer, but poor, poor investment, not so much level of investment, but poor investment in players. Managerial appointments have been terrible. Uh, they've obviously had a relegation. Um, so, yeah. And there's so much more. We could do a whole podcast on it, to be a fair boys. But um, <laughs> the, the long and short of it is that we've had recently had some investment from a, a, a guy from the Czech Republic called Daniel Kotinski. He's just bought 27% of the club. Um, he is a very wealthy man and he's looking to buy the club outright eventually. The deal is that the, the Golden Sullivan can't sell the club before 2023, April 2023, without having to pay the government a percentage of the profit they make on the club as part of the deal with, with, the, um, with the stadium. So they're technically holding out, um, or so we believe, until April 2023 before they can give um, Kratinsky full full ownership and kind of walk away and walk off into the sunset with all their millions and um, kind of leave someone else to take us forward. And um, we, we can't wait for that moment because uh, it's been, it's been a tough 12 years under their, under their ownership. Your, your ownership sounds similar to ours. Our five year plan was to get back in the Premier League. I think we spent three years, four years of just pissing about. And then Steve Cooper comes in and does a does a football manager kind of uh, like malarkey of just getting us up, which is quite hilarious. I've always thought West Ham, like I've got a couple of mates who've worked on that ground to convert it into West Ham's ground. And I always think the pitch is way too far away. It's like Napoli, where you've got a running track around the, the outside. It's not a football ground at all. Like Upton Park yeah. used to be intimidating. It used to be a place to go where fans would go 
and shit themselves uh, basically because of of the old days and whatnot. And now you probably go for a lovely yep. day out, maybe get the odd bottle thrown at you. I've seen on match of the day and whatnot. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you how how do you expect West Ham to approach the game away from home? And like, do you do you differ styles home and away or at all? Uh, we don't, it, it doesn't tend to to defer styles too much. I mean, I mean, our style of play that worked very well last year is that we don't tend to don't tend to like having the ball too much. You know, we're far better without the ball, uh, far better on the counter attack, and set pieces is you know our, our not so secret weapon as it were. So you know, we're, we're very strong at set pieces. So you know, I think that will be part of the plan going into this game. Um, but at the same time, if we do have a lot of the ball. Then you know we can play with it. You know we've got we've got players who are very very good on the ball. So you know, if we've got if you have possession, we're not with more possession. That's fine. The only problem is is that I found particularly last season is that if we're playing teams that would prefer us to have the ball, then we run out of we run out of ideas sometimes in and around the box um, in terms of creating creating clear cut chances. Um, we tend to take too many touches in and around the box, poor crossing stuff like that, um, and we struggle a little bit. Uh, whereas if we haven't got the ball and we let the other team play and we catch teams on the counter, then we can be very, very, very dangerous because we're very good defensively as well. So I don't think we've changed too much from from the from the, the approach against City, but we'll probably have a little bit more than the ball than City. I think they had about eight percent, which is expected because it's Man City. Um, <laughs> not expecting Forest to have eight percent of the ball at the weekend, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 we kind of allowed Forest to play a little bit and, and do what we do best on the counter. Um, coming on to Forest, um, I mean, what do you expect from us on um, Sunday and for the whole season as well? Where do, do you expect us to stay up, or what do you think, in your opinion? Well, I've said quite a lot of times over the summer that I don't, I think, don't think Forest will go down this year. Um, I think, particularly given the, the the amount of time it took you guys to come back up. I don't. I, th- I think they'll just. You'll almost. It's not to say anything about about your about your team, but I think you'll almost survive just purely on the buzz and the, and the hype around uh, about being back. Be next year, you might have to kind of go right. Okay, you know, how are we going to deal with it? But at the same time, and correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but the the amount of players that you guys have signed could backfire. Is it what 12, 13 players? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still looking for more. And I'm like, well, oh, that that's a risky transfer strategy. Just going out and buying. I know you had a lot of loans last year, and and you know you lost quite a few of them. But that's a risky transfer strategy because they've all got to gel. Um, they've all got to get on. Um, they've all got to buy into the manager's plans quickly, uh, and that's a lot of players to bed into a team, um, and uh, particularly bedding a team that's playing in the Premier League for the first time in 23 years. So. Um, yeah, I still don't think you guys will go down, but I think it'd be tight. I think you, it's going to be, you'd have some big results. But um, I, I still do believe there's three worst teams in the Premier League, Everton being one of them. We've had Everton as well. We, yeah. the, 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 a lot of people don't know, obviously, because once I've, I've, I've already nearly started to find this. I've just stopped caring about the championship because it's such a horrible league to get out of. I've kind of binned it up. I will try to keep up with it because yeah. I like that I'm a just general football fan. But We've lost nine nine first team players this season, so it's just it's not the fact that it's not also the fact that we need to strengthen, but we've had to replace nine players and then get depth because of the nine substitutions, uh, nine available substitutions 
this yeah. season. It's it's kind of forced more than more than anything. Yeah, but fair enough. And, I, and I can I can understand it because from from the outside look it looking, you're like bloody hell, they've signed fourteen play, uh, 12 players looking to sign another three four. It's just it's just how it's gone and. We've just got to believe in, in Steve Cooper and know what he's doing in the recruitment team. We, we like to think that we've not splashed too much money at it and, and kind of hope something that sticks. I think we've been quite clever with it all, really. But is there a player, is there any players that you have seen from Forest? Obviously, FA Cup last season was a big one that, that you might fear and think we might have a tricky time against them. The only one is Jesse Lingard, and I fully expected him to score. Oh yes, <laughs> um, we, we we know we, like we've almost we said it at our podcast yesterday that you know he's probably going to score about eight goals, and you know he's he's just going to rub it in our faces because he scored against us last season for Man United last minute winner. Um, so he's the one I'm because he he will step his game up against us because he's had a lot of stick on social media from us, um, which will have hurt because we did have a relationship with him. Um, and now we've turned on him, or well, large section of fans have turned on him. So I'm worried about him. He's the only one I'm really worried about at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I don't know a great deal about the rest of your signings, though, if I'm honest. Um, I did look at the list, and barring Dean Henderson in goal, who's a good signing, uh, that's, yeah, pretty much beyond, beyond, beyond my knowledge for a lot of them. To be fair, we're the same as, I mean, most of them, have come from the Bundesliga and until obviously they get a run of games. There is, unfortunately, some Forest fans out there wrote players off already, but until they have a run of games, you don't really know what to expect. So, like Adam said earlier, we just have to trust in Steve Cooper and our kind of our recruitment team, really, on that. Mm. What would your starting 11 be on, on Sunday? I know you've already mentioned Skamaka, so I don't expect him to be up front. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it'll be Ariola in goal. Fabianski got injured, and there were question marks over. You know, why have we bought him permanently if you're going to start Fabianski on the opening day of the season? But it will be Ariola because he's injured. Uh, and at the back, uh, it will be Crespo at left back, uh, Soufal at right back. Zoom will be one of the centre backs. Who the other centre back is remains to be seen. It'd probably be Ben Johnson if he can't get anyone in, or it could be Craig Dawson, Craig, um, Craig Dawson if he's if he's fit. Uh, in the midfield, it'll be Rice Suchek. Um, four nows, and then probably Lanzini, uh, Owen, and then Skamaka. Um, Bowen's the one obviously you're gonna have to watch out for that, boys. Yeah, he's a cracking player, he's yeah, always been yeah. a thorn in our in our in our, in our defense, and Reese. Yeah, yeah, I was um championing for England, they definitely deserved to get in it. Um, it's just a shame England were terrible when he did get his chance, which was a yeah. real yeah. shame, but. Um, so finally, it just be your prediction for the game on Sunday. I think you've already mentioned it, but we'll go past it again. As I said, I think it'll be tight. I think it's it'll be difficult for us at the city ground. Um, it's definitely not the first away game I wanted, given the situation of you guys being away for so long. And it's going to be city ground will be buzzing, no doubt. Uh, so I'm going to go two one West Ham, but it'd be very tight. Nice one, uh, James. Thank you very much for coming on. Obviously, if yeah, if anyone wants to check out West Ham podcast, what what's uh, your details? Yeah, so we are the uh, the We Are West Ham podcast. We're on all the all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and all the rest of them. Uh, we're on Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. Uh, and if you fancy tweeting me a load of abuse from a personal account <laughs> about my views on Jesse Lingard, then it's at by James Jones. Nice one. Thank you very much. Nice one. Thank you for coming on, bud. Pleasure, chaps. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. 
The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.